0: Welcome to The Spark Effect, the most famous podcast you haven't heard of. I am your host, Wendy Durrell, bringing you stories, advice, support, and the most fascinating guests on the planet. I believe it just takes a spark to change a life. Let's do this thing. Hello, everyone. How are you? Today's episode, the timing couldn't be better. This time, two years ago, this week, I walked out of my corporate job that I'd had for many, many years and liked a whole lot for good. That, that story and the reasons why I left is for another day. And I actually, I have a video on my Facebook page, if you're there, where I talk about all of it. But it wasn't a smooth transition. It was very dramatic. And there's no roadmap Or welcoming committee to suddenly becoming an entrepreneur and opening your own business. I spent a lot of time buying all of the business books, watching all of the videos, and searching for. There's a lot of people out there who say they can teach you how to do these things and and run your own business, but it's really challenging to find the authentic and effective ones. Rebecca, or Becky, as I know her, is one of those mentors. Before we get into the chat her and I had, I want to give a quick disclaimer. There is some adult language in this episode, so if you have little ones that you don't want hearing those words or if it bothers you, this is your warning right now for that. Becky, she provided not just the light and the darkness for me, but this giant kick in the ass to move and to actually do the things, to do the things that were really hard and scary for me. My goals for my show, The Spark Effect, and my vision became crystal clear and bigger. I stopped letting worry and all of these excuses I was making like, uh, who am I to have my own podcast? There's too many podcasts out there already. I'd, I'm, I'm totally an ordinary person. Why would anyone want to listen to me? She was that nudge I needed to see that the only way The Spark Effect could come to be and be what it was 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 if I did it because the only person that could host this show is me realizing that that ordinary me was not only okay but the best reason to really dive in it propelled me forward and it gave me that boost and that courage to start inviting these guests that I admire so much on the show sharing these stories with all of you I truly believe is how we learn so without further ado let's get to my chat with this awesome woman Rebecca welcome to the spark effect.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited
0: I'm so happy to have you. I just saw that you got a Forbes column today. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Thank you you.
0: I have been I've been following you for a while now But for those who are new to you tell us about
1: you. Oh, so much to tell not really Um, (laughs) I uh, I've been uh, a coach for about 11 years Uh, some people call me a business consultant, some people call me a mindset coach, some people call me a success coach, it doesn't really matter. Um, Basically, what I do is I help women who have online businesses increase their impact uh, and increase thereby their their profit. Um, And it's a blast. I'm very, very lucky I get to do that.
0: So award-winning journalist, Amazon best-selling author, renowned writing consultant, how did these things form who you are now?
1: Fascinating. Um, they're the foundation of who I am now. So, I was a reporter for many years, and then an editor um, for the number one small daily in New England, and developed panic disorder and PTSD. And and it was a fight to leave the house to to do my job, and um, so I quit. <laughs> sure. And I and I had two kids, you know, under five, and I quit. My husband was freaking out, and I just I couldn't I, I couldn't function. And um, it eventually it, it turned into agoraphobia. Oh my I leave the house. I, I, you know, I'd love to. I, it would be so great if I could say, "Oh, and that's the moment that changed everything," but it didn't. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I'm very honest about it. I was like catatonic on the couch for a couple of years, couldn't function. Somebody that I used to work with at the paper called me one day and said, his name was Ed. Ed, if you listen to this, I love you. He said, um, "Hey, I'm I'm starting a blog." This is more than ten years ago, and I said, "What the fuck's a blog?" <laughs> right. So, so he told me about it, and I thought, "Oh, well, that's really interesting. I could, I could have a blog, right?" So I started thinking about it. I mean, I can write; I can write all day long, and I really like writing. It just didn't occur to me that there was this thing called blogging. So I, it was Christmas Eve, eleven years ago. I started a blog, and um, I was so afraid to be on the internet that I. I used a pseudonym and a fake photo. I used a photo of somebody else. It wasn't even me, but my bio that I wrote was real. You know, I, I was an award winning editor. I, I, I busted my ass to develop my writing skills. I was really freaking good at what I did. And, um, and I just, I used that space to empty my head every day. I used it almost like a a diary, you know, before journaling was a thing, we had diaries and, um, I just talked about what was going on with me and my thinking and where I felt and, and where all this fear was coming from and what was happening with my family. And I was just really raw and honest. Cause again, not my face, not my name. And two things took place, actually three. Number one, after a little time had passed, I could obviously go back and look at previous day's writings because I used it every day. And I noticed a pattern and the pattern was my own shitty thinking. I had the same fears every day based on nothing. And that's when the thread sort of started to pull apart for me. That's when I sort of started to see that I was scaring myself. That was the first big shift. Interesting. Yeah, it's the foundation of mindset work, except I didn't know what mindset work was at the time, right? This is a long time ago. Mm -hmm. Um, The second thing that happened was blogging was just getting popular. So there were blog hops. There were people who were, you know, made it their life's mission to comment on a select groups of blogs every day. This was the thing. And um, they started reaching out to me saying, look, we love the way you write and noticed your bio. Can you help me write like that? And it was really interesting. And so I did for a little while. I I did it for nothing just to like have something to do. Within a year, I turned it into a writing coach business. And then I started editing manuscripts. And that actually became a six-figure business in a very short amount of time.
0: So good, it just kept compounding upon itself.
1: Yes, that's exactly what happened. And so some people came to me initially just to write better blogs and to have more impact. Because again, blogging was very popular then. But some people came to me saying, I've got a story in my head, I've got a book in me, and I need it to come out. And so all of that shit that I observed in myself dancing with panic and PTSD and seeing the patterns. I started applying that to coaching writers. Like your fear is bullshit. Your fear lies. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's examine how your mind is predicting a future that doesn't even exist to scare you from moving forward, right? Let's, let's pull apart all of these lies and stories. And um, so anyway, long story short, I did that for a, for a couple years, two or three years. And I just kept feeling this really strong pull that this didn't just apply to writers. It, it it applied to everybody. Like this is something that the world needs to know how to do. And again, like mindset wasn't even a buzzword yet. It wasn't even a thing. So I said, I'm going to try, I'm going to try helping women entrepreneurs who are working online, not just with, you know, changing the way they think, but with writing effectively, communicating effectively, writing good copy marketing. This stuff comes naturally to me, right? I've been at it for so long, mm-hmm. so I tried it. I and in this many moons later was the pivotal moment for me, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was simply I'm gonna do five one hour phone calls with people that I'm, I, I'm aware of, they're like acquaintances, or we're in a Facebook group together that I but I don't know people I think I could help. I can see patterns in them. So I messaged them on Facebook and I asked them, are you interested in trading an hour of your time? I just want to see if I'm any good at this before I, you know, leave the writing coach business. And they got extraordinary results. Like extraordinary. The one woman I'll never forget. It was like the second call I ever did. She hung up with me. She was about to sell a product for like 200 bucks. She hung up with me. She got on her sales call with somebody and sold it for 2,500. I love it. And that's the difference between believing in yourself and not believing your fear.
0: Yeah, I think in business, people skip over mindset and they go for the books and the college degrees and what they think they're supposed to do, quote unquote. Why do you think mindset is so important?
1: Well, you know, for clarity... It is important to go with the books. It is important to learn about your world and figure out the things that appeal to you that you maybe have never ex- had exposure to before. My son's in college right now, and I'm like, dude, forget about your major. Get into everything else and get a flavor for it and see what, what sticks, right? Because there's so much there you've never seen. Um, but why do people skip over it? It's not something we're taught. It's not something anybody thinks about or talks about in school. Our parents definitely don't talk about it. And if you haven't picked up a personal development or a self-help book or blog or something, you, there's just, you're not exposed to it. Now, this may change very rapidly because I don't know if you've been watching, but Mel Robbins is about to release a TV show. I did see this. And she may change the world for all of us, for which I'm eternally grateful because we all need it and we need it now. But that might be the beginning. I've said for five years, if I could just get this in schools, we'd have world peace. People need to learn to stop believing everything they think. They need to start taking responsibility for their own emotions. They need to stop reacting and blaming and shaming and own their shit. Um, And when they see that that's their position of power and that they can create anything from that space, like multiple million, billion dollar businesses, huge impact, helping the planet, you know, changing the world, writing a book, having a bestseller on the New York Times list you get addicted to owning your shit. It's a good thing, you know, but it does take practice.
0: Yeah. I know you work with mostly women, but so much of this can help men too. I mm-hmm. I was listening to one of your live streams one day and my boyfriend was next to me playing video games and he just stopped and looked at me. He said, yes, listen to this woman. <laughs> she knows what she's talking about.
1: Well, tell him thank you. I will. I was just going to say, I find that culturally, and I'm not saying that this is universal um, by any stretch, but. I find that culturally men are much more emotionally intelligent when it comes to believing in yourself and owning their worth and demanding a presence and taking up space where women are not taught so much to do that. And I think that is changing now. I agree. I I see it with the younger women particularly. Um, But by and large, we have a lot of work to do with women. Men get it, you know. And, And that doesn't mean that they don't have their own demons. They're just different.
0: There's so, so many good parts of your job. You have this wonderful community. Everybody, the energy is really good. What's the hardest or the, or I don't want to say worst, because there's probably not anything that's really bad, but what's the hardest part of your job?
1: Huh, I talk about this all the time. The hardest part of my job is conveying to my clients what I can see so easily. Meaning somebody comes to me with a brilliant idea, a beautiful platform, and they're they're just ready to rock but their fear is telling them all sorts of nonsense about how they can't because they've never done it before or their, their parents won't like it or Susie up the street is gonna judge them and they fall into that pit of despair, right? Um, but it, it's just so plain to me what they are capable of if they actually chose it. And that, I'll be honest, is very frustrating. I, there are days where I want to reach through the computer and shake them by the shoulders. And I've, I've, I use these words all the time with clients. Don't you know who you are? Really? Don't you know who you are? I mean, you've been given this extraordinary gift. And you're the only one that can deliver it in that way. And you're sitting on your hands because you're worried about Sally up, up the street? I don't understand. The rest of us are suffering because you're, you're feeling bad for yourself and afraid get over it. Let's go.
0: The fear or they get into a list of excuses why they're not doing something that they want to do or go after.
1: Well, but the excuses are about fear. I mean, (laughs) my family needs me. Well, of course they do, but they don't need you 24 seven. And if you're choosing to use that as an excuse, it's because there's fear underneath.
0: What are some of the things that, you know, people that are totally killing it in business are doing that, that the people that are stuck in this fear and excuse spiral can start doing like right today, right now.
1: Step number one, don't believe everything you think. Your mind is not you. You are not your mind. And I can prove this to you. Ready? We are the only species that can simultaneously have a thought and observe the thought at the same time. It's called metacognition. If you are noticing that you are having a thought that is producing fear, you can choose a different thought. That's the art of mindset work right there. Don't believe everything you think. Oh, my mind is telling me right now that my family needs me so I can't show up to do a podcast this afternoon. Wait a minute, is that true? Couldn't I get somebody else to make lunch? Couldn't I serve them lunch 15 minutes earlier or later? It's a choice. Right. I mean, your mind, we, we tell our minds what, what to do. We, we program it early, early on. So if the idea of getting on a podcast or doing something for your, for your so-called work is terrifying to you. It's because something about it is new and uncomfortable. So your mind is going to look for any little excuse to latch onto, to prevent you from doing it. And you start talking about how your family needs you or your colleagues don't understand or your spouse is frustrated because you're spending too much money on your coach or whatever the fuck it is, right? And what that is, is you lying to yourself.
0: Right. And the, I've, because I've worked with people too, being broke sucks. But do you find that many are actually comfortable in this space of being yeah, broke? Well,
1: yes. Yes, yes, and hell yes. So here's the deal. I I just wrote a post about this the other day. It's going to go up soon. It's a really good conversation. (laughs) If you you grew up broke, making money as much as your, your frontal lobe and conscious mind want to make money, it's never going to be comfortable for you. This is why you see people who can make extraordinary amounts of money but never have any, because they spend down to their comfort level. Right? And this is yet another example of if you're not observing the thoughts, if you're not noticing the behavior, You're you're gonna follow along with old habits, right? We're we're programmed very very early on. You have to take responsibility for this stuff and start examining where you might be sabotaging yourself. Um, Your subconscious drives behavior. So, real quick example: you learn how to tie your shoes. In the beginning, it's frustrating. You've got to figure out which fingers to use, which which joints, which muscles, right? But eventually, you get it down until you don't have to think about it anymore. Why don't you have to think about it? Because the brain is a fascinating device. It takes all of that knowledge that was using up space in your conscious mind and it puts it in the subconscious. It's programmed. The same thing happens with driving a car or, or any other first time thing, but also your experience of money how much money you're comfortable having, how much love you're comfortable having, how you treat your body. You know, if cupcakes are comfort, and you need comfort a lot because you're triggered all the time. You're going to be consuming them all day long. Do you see what I'm saying? Yes. And, and it's just, it becomes your norm. So even though the, the frontal lobe, that, that conscious part of your brain says, we don't want this, we want a different result, your behavior is being driven by the subconscious programs that, that are filed away that you can't even see. Hence, mindset coaching. <laughs> <laughs>
0: How do people get uncomfortable then? Because I think uncomfortable has so many negative connotations, but it doesn't have to.
1: I believe and, and, and shout out to the world that people need to do two things, fall in love with discomfort and lean into fear. It's the key to freedom.
0: That's good. I hope all of you listeners are hearing this right now.
1: If you are afraid of something, it's a neon flashing sign that you need to lean in and do it. Yeah. Right? Now, that doesn't mean we're going to cross the street in front of a Mack truck. That would be dumb, right? But if you're talking about business decisions, relationship decisions, things of that nature, oh, I'm afraid. Okay, why? Is that even true? Slow down, pause, gather a little information, and then choose. Do I want to believe my fear and go along in the same pattern that I've been going on that doesn't get me the result, or do I want to be afraid and do it anyway? And again, I speak from extraordinary experience here. PTSD, panic disorder, agoraphobia, right? Lean in, the fear dissolves. What you're doing is you're showing yourself how capable you are. And paradoxically, giving yourself a level of confidence, courage, and bravery that nobody else could ever give you. You have to experience some things to feel that way. And now your mind has evidence. Oh, I can do hard things. Oh fear doesn't have to stop me. And the more you do it, the easier it gets.
0: Right. I know that a lot of times people or businesses, they'll start, you know, something with you or, or any sort of mindset coach and they come in really strong and passionate, but then they fall off. What are the most common reasons for people failing or giving up?
1: Fear. Fear. <laughs> <laughs> We're going back to fear. Yeah. In my world, everything goes back to fear. They won't say they're afraid. Okay. Cause the mind is very clever. It, it, will, it will churn up some series of, of excuses, right? I got really busy with this or something else happened or all the time they'll manifest an illness. Oh I got, my goodness. Yeah, I got sick. I couldn't, it, it happens. The mind does what we tell it to do. Why do they fall off? Self-sabotage mechanisms they're unaware of, not pulling those to the surface first. Like day one uh, with a one-on-one client with me, How are you most likely to sabotage yourself moving ahead? Because if we aren't aware and vigilant, you're going to do it again, right? I need to know how you're most likely to screw yourself over here so I can help you not do that. Oh, that's so good. And that's probably
0: so good that it's day one because that's I would imagine that's the hardest part is admitting those things ahead of time.
1: Well, yeah. And I mean, I, I think that if you're a coach, a healer, a mentor- and you wanna help people change their lives, you really need to be profoundly aware of your own shit. You work on you first, mm-hmm. right? Because if you haven't been in that hot seat, how are you gonna help somebody else? You gotta know what that feels like.
0: Right, and you can tell the ones that haven't been. Oh God, yeah. Yeah, immediately. One of the first times I, I heard you speak was you said, go make mistakes, fuck it up, this is how you learn. And it was just, it was just such a pivotal moment. Do you notice that there's any difference between generations between their, as far as goals and regrets and things like that?
1: Yeah, bar none. Um, for, you know, this is kind of an interesting conversation. I, I When people ask me things like that, I realize that I always gravitate to the so-called elder, elderly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that's just a function of being really close to my own grandparents as a kid. Um I I gravitate to those people for whatever reason. I have a lot of them around me. And bar none, they all say the same thing. Like, nobody regrets not baking cupcakes for the PTO, right? (laughs) Right. Nobody regrets skipping the girls' night out with people that they don't even vibe with anymore. But they regret the things they didn't do for for themselves. They regret um, not saying yes to their own dreams. They regret suppressing their voice or going along to get along regularly. Um, but th- this is just another beautiful example of where fear takes over. Oh my God, I can't say that. I have to make him happy. And, and that's the, sh- the shit they die with. And it's horrible.
0: What do, you, what do you wish you had known when you started? Because I'm sure that you've learned a lot as you've come to today right now sitting here.
1: I wish I knew that fear lied. I wish I knew that I wasn't my mind and I didn't have to believe everything I think. I wish I knew that fear was something to get excited about because it meant that I was about to have a breakthrough if I chose to lean into it. I wish I knew that my dreams and goals didn't have to be hard or even take a long time. I wish I knew that what other people thought of me not only was none of my business, but I didn't have to give even the most minute fuck about it. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but I grew up in a generation where <clears throat> you shut your mouth and take what's given you, you know? Do as you're
0: told, be the good girl.
1: Yes. And yes. being the good girl, well, it might make everybody else happy, but you're going to die miserable. And and it makes you a shitty wife and a shitty mother and a shitty colleague. And, and it's just not good for anybody.
0: No. No. And you, you, you... <sighs> You color outside the lines, as far as I've seen most business. Compared to, have you? Is this something you've always done?
1: Yes, and uh, I had to think about that for a second. My impulse was to say, unfortunately, yes, <laughs> yes. I I talk, I I do talk about this frequently um, with clients and very publicly. There is something inside of me that's always been there, and I, I certainly don't tell. This is a good thing, so don't misunderstand me but there's something inside me that makes me say and do things that other people wouldn't dream of. And it got me in a lot of trouble my whole life. Um, I grew up in the seventies and you just, you didn't say things like that. You didn't do things like that. And so the story became in Becky's head, nobody likes you. You say the wrong things. You're too much. You're too loud. What's wrong with you, et cetera. Right. And, and as much as I, I tried hard, man, I really did. I tried hard to shut up. It, it just comes out to this day. It still happens. And as I am saying the words, my mind goes, I can't believe you just said that. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and it wasn't until I turned like 40 that I realized this huge mouth of mine, this big personality and the, the strong opinions that I have, I was given them for a reason and it was to give people permission to be who they were. Uh, and, and I wish I knew that a long time ago. It would have saved me a whole lot of self-judgment. I probably never would have had panic disorder or agoraphobia.
0: Right. I'm looking over my notes.
1: <laughs> right. I, um, tore, I
0: tore through all my questions so quickly. that.
1: <laughs> rapid fire, rapid fire. Right.
0: Yeah. Well, is there anything that I, I should have asked that I haven't asked so far?
1: That's a great question. I don't think so. I mean, this is fun. Yes, yeah, it's good. What? Tell me
0: something that's that's true for you that almost nobody agrees with you on.
1: Every excuse you have for not going for your your dreams is based in fear.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think that so many people would be resistant to that idea.
1: Yeah, no, they don't. They don't buy it. And and I, it's so interesting. It it it's always about you don't understand. My husband's not on board. I have small children. I work all day. I blah, 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 and I'll go, no, you don't understand. None of those are reasons to not do it. For me, they're reasons to do it, right? Take responsibility there. Don't believe everything you think. What's happening is you're creating an excuse because you don't feel like it, and you don't feel like it because there's something under the surface that makes you uncomfortable with the idea of going for it. Ergo, Fear.
0: On your website, it says, let's make one thing clear. You can make money as much as you want, when you want, get out of your head and feel good. It's as simple and difficult as that. Feel the desire, starve the fear. Is it really that simple? Because on paper, yeah, that sounds really simple, but it seems like the process is very complicated.
1: I don't think it's complicated. I think your mind wants to complicate it. So like go back to step one, don't believe everything you think. Awareness is this amazing thing, right? When you start noticing your thoughts and how they probably don't align with that vision that you have of you five years from now, it, I, I, awareness, it's like this LED light bulb. The longer it's on, the brighter it gets. And it never turns off. So you know, like for me, it started with that blog where I started noticing my shit. Like, oh my God, I would never say that to somebody else. Why am I saying that to myself? Why would I even choose to believe that? And then I started seeing it everywhere. And then I started noticing it in the moment when it was coming up. And it gets brighter and brighter and brighter, right? And the more you peel back, the more there is underneath. Like mindset work is never boring. But as long as you continue to observe and shift and change, you get bigger and you feel better. You're more comfortable in your skin. So no, it's not hard. It's almost an automatic process. Here's where people make it hard, right? They have a shitty thought and they go, oh God, I'm doing it again. I'm such an asshole. Why can't I stop beating on myself this way? Why can't I just get it right? Oh my, is it ever going to end? And it becomes this mountain of self-judgment. And the more you judge yourself and self-flagellate, the crappier you feel. And you know what that is? That's your mind sabotaging you from doing anything.
0: All over again.
1: All Um, over again. It's just another sneaky way to keep you in your comfort zone and not move forward, which is why I'm employed.
0: Right, right. Well, I think a lot of people, because I work with a lot of people in their, their nutrition and fitness, and one of the things I see all the time is they think that if they do this diet or this fitness program, that all of their problems go away after that. But no, it's a constant thing. You have to continue working on these things because- with your body, your body will revert back. But with your mind, your mind's going to go back too and put you back in this fear place.
1: Well, you know, science is really interesting on this. The industry, it changes the magic number, right? So for a while they were saying it takes 21 days to build a new habit. Then Then they said 28. Now they say 66. I don't know that they know, but here's what I know. There comes a point where your old way of being in a particular situation, whether it's your body, your relationship, or the money you make, it your your lowest toleration, it shifts up. Like everybody has a minimum standard for, for how they live. There's an excellent chance that you would never be homeless because you'd find a way, right? Right. You have a minimum standard in that area. As you grow and evolve and continue to do this work that we've been talking about, that minimum standard rises. Like my minimum standard today is far different than it was 10 years ago when I was agoraphobic on a couch, right? Right. Life is completely different. There are things I simply won't tolerate anymore. I'll find a way. That happened over time. And you can speed that up simply by being consistent and not believing your bullshit excuses about how hard it is. Like I always tell the women I work with, oh, it's, it's hard to do a live stream to show off your business. That's hard then go get a Oh, uh, but I, I don't ever want to work for somebody else again. Well, then pick your heart. Right. <laughs> That's taking responsibility.
0: Yeah. You do have the ability to, to push people out of their comfort zone in a way that it, it never feels aggressive or mean, but it does feel firm and like, you know, own your shit and do this stuff.
1: Yes. As I learned very early on, with my big mouth and my big personality, I'm not for everyone, and that's okay, because the people who get it, like they tell me straight up in my Facebook group, I hang out in here because you trigger me. Like, they want that growth. Yeah. They want it. They want to observe their own shit on a deeper level, and so when I bring up these concepts and have these conversations, it zings them a little bit. But the only reason that I can even have an intelligent conversation about any of it is because I lived it.
0: Right. No. Nobody it, it, is immune. It makes you relatable (laughs) that you went through this stuff. Thanks. What's next for you?
1: I have a lot of big ideas, really big, big ideas. Um, I have a book coming out in the spring. My my big, fat, hairy goal is New York Times bestseller. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. I have a new program that I'll be launching um, throughout the month of March. It's going to start in April, which dives into – the pieces, um, and parts of high level mindset work. You know, you're, you're a struggling six figure entrepreneur. You want to go to seven here are the foundational tools to work with your mind so you can get over your shit. Cause it's never about the strategy. Right. Right. Um, so I have those two things coming and I have a new podcast coming. Oh, yay. Yay. So yeah, that's the, those, those three things happening soon.
0: That's wonderful. Well, I will be sure to link everything in the show notes so that all of my listeners can find you. Rebecca, thank thank you you so much for visiting the Spark Effect today.
1: Thanks for having me. I,
0: I hope to have future chats with you. Me too. Another huge thank you to Rebecca. Becky, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was such a pleasure to speak with you. Thank you to the listeners and thank you, big thank you to the Spark Effect crew. This show is always for free. If it's worth a few dollars to you, head over to our Patreon page and join the Spark Effect crew. There's bonus content, bonus audio, my eternal gratitude, and it will allow us to eventually upgrade some needed equipment. I hope everyone is happy and healthy and having an awesome week, and I will catch you next week. Love you.